0: the time of year, I guess. It's the heat and everything. Good thing I've got that Venus flytrap. It's the heat. Do you have a Venus flytrap? I do. Cool. It is. Alright, Patrick... Does it uh, catch a lot of fleas? Uh, no, no fleas, but it catches flies. Uh... <laughs> Welcome to What's the Deal, the Seinfeld review show that's having a heatwave. Each week we dissect every episode of Seinfeld in chronological order. With me today, as always, is Christopher Young. Hi. And Patrick Armstrong. Hello. I'm Cameron Wong, and this is episode 40, The Big 4-0, and today we'll be looking at season 4, episode 1, The Trip, part 1. And that's it. Good, Good show, guys. We did a good job. Yeah. How how are you, Cameron? Stay tuned for part two. <laughs> Me personally, I'm I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. I um I just started teaching summer school and I'm exhausted. My girlfriend just moved into to my apartment, so now I guess into our apartment, which sounds uh sounds Cameron, odd to you're, say it that Cameron, way. Cameron,
1: you're scaring away our lady listeners. Oh sorry, uh
0: don't worry, there's enough muscles to go around. <laughs> uh but yeah pretty uh pretty tired after after all of that Mm. but uh i'm alive i'm kicking and you know i've been keeping track of uh correspondence with fans Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know we got a tweet from a long time listener but someone we haven't heard from uh in a while do you know who it is
1: no felix Oh, Felix! How's old Felix doing?
0: Well, uh, let me let me tell you what Felix said to us. Now, Felix tweeted us a little while ago, and we didn't notice. Uh, he tweeted us on the seventeenth of June. So uh, today, as we record this, it is currently July third. Uh, so Felix says, "Guys, still love you, but I have been too busy to write you. But I will write and tell you <laughs> about the king of Sweden. He's a whore." <laughs>
1: So, Wait, what are we
0: talking about?
1: So, he's not a monarchist, Felix, I guess. It More of a Republican. Like... Yeah. He it... wants a Republic of Sweden, <laughs> <than> a kingdom.
0: <laughs> well, Chris, you remember Felix, our friend? Sure. From Sweden?
1: Yeah. Felix Holtman?
0: Felix Holtman, yeah. And, uh, well, I guess he's not a fan of the king. And you know what, Patrick? I was worried that you were going to offend him when you were talking about the thing with the king of Sweden's hats. Mm. Fortunately, that has turned out not to be the case. No, we didn't go far enough. Oh, it's, it's true, apparently. Well, give it some time, Felix. Give it some Does time. Does he have so. bad hats? Well, uh, if you go back to a previous episode, which I don't recall which one it is, Patrick uh, made some, some claims about the king of Sweden, which I don't believe to have been true. But it seems like Felix isn't a huge fan. Of the monarchy. Nope. <clears throat> um, I also noticed that just the other day I was driving in my car and I heard the dulcet tones of one of our listeners on the radio.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah, Mr. Uh, Kevin Skrepnik, the voice of the BC Fire Service. I don't know that that's really what it's called. It sounds like they're delivering fire. Maybe that's not what they're called. But either way, he was on uh, on the radio talking about... Fire prevention or something like that.
1: Hmm. Good.
0: Oh. With with one broadcast, he literally reached like a hundred times
1: the listenership of this show. Yeah. Well, that's that. That's the terrestrial radio for you. That's so you old media, a whole though. A hundred
0: people then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Patrick Armstrong,
1: let's hear from you. How are you today? I'm good. Not enjoying the heat. I. I have, you know, totally lost my acclimation to hot weather. So, you know, the, like, 20-something degree or, like, 80 degree or, like, high 70s, early 80s for Fahrenheit users has really taken a toll on me. Did you say uh, what the temperature is
0: in Celsius for Celsius? I did. I said 20s. Oh, I see.
1: I assume most of our, like, people in the world use Celsius, but, you know, we probably have some American listeners. Well, I know we do. So I was trying to be considerate.
0: That's fine. Well, uh, what is the heat
1: in inches? Uh, in- inches of mercury? <laughs> That's right. I don't know. Is the sun in retrograde? Is that anything? Um, I don't know.
0: I mean, I Chris, wish I could pay attention, but I was looking at the general's odd Wikipedia article while you were talking. Chris, how's the T-dot? Uh well, that's okay. It's not as hot as you guys have it, though, apparently. It's, uh, it's, been, it's been extremely smoggy because we're getting all the blowback from the forest fires from Montreal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all, all I can blowback. say to the Montreal listeners is stop it. Do we have Montreal
1: listeners? Is that a thing that we have? I, I we hope have not. Listeners from Montreal. I hope Are you not. sure?
0: I thought we had like one French listener.
1: We might have a French listener. I don't think we have any from Montreal though. Well well, from Quebec. I hope he stops listening right now. (laughs) Hey, you know what? My older brother tweeted us. Oh, that is true. Something about Stephen Harper. He said, You boys might like the Now show. It's got Prime Minister Harper, movie music to the news, and a walrus. I don't know what any of that means, but it was nice of him to tweet us. Yeah, that's nice. Good job. Mm hmm.
0: Uh, Christopher Young Let me ask you a quick question here Before we get this show on the road Do it Um, I know most people have been wondering How did you think guest host John Grady did last week? Oh, I thought he just killed it Way better than me (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yes, just an opportunity here uh, Before we get rolling into the show To thank our guest host And dedicated listener as well, I might add uh, Mr. Jonathan Grady, for helping us out last week. I thought he did an admiral job filling in for, uh, for Patrick. Actually, I think the person that did the most admirable of admirable jobs was you, Cameron, in that you put up with the two of us.
1: And, <laughs> yeah, you really kept and, the show on the rails. It was quite and, impressive. And had to deal with all the editing. I Ladies mean, it... and gentlemen, that show that we recorded was four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Can so, on? Why don't you tell us about Seinfeld
0: In this week's episode We are looking at season 4 episode 1 The Trip which is a two-parter And we'll be looking at just the first part this week uh, And it is a More or less direct continuation Of the uh, season 3 finale Although it wasn't necessarily A cliffhanger uh, And in this episode Jerry and George Head to Los Angeles Uh Jerry's going to be on The Tonight Show And while he's there He's hoping to reconnect with George George, meanwhile, is still unemployed And is looking forward to a free trip to LA And Kramer is struggling To make it as an actor Elaine has turned into a ghost Yeah, no kidding That was a little bit of humor there Because Elaine is not in this episode I didn't even think about that. Oh
1: wait, huh? just hold
0: on a sec, sorry
1: I think I locked Emily out of the house <laughs> Doesn't bode well Sorry, it was actually Justin returning the car. Uh, monologue. No,
0: not the monologue, Chris. Oh. First I have to direct people's attentions to what's the dot com where you can find all the show notes, all the little pictures, heck, all the other business. Back episodes. We got it all. So uh head over there, follow along with us. Patrick, take us into the monologue.
1: Yeah, so the monologue. It's uh it's funny, Jerry talks about how moving people these days, they move to a new city. It's no big deal. Yeah, uh, so easy. So easy. Well, I mean, compared to the Pioneers, it doesn't take 10 years, as the joke uh, he told. It doesn't take 10 years. But, uh, I mean, it is kind of a pain, but, yeah.
0: <laughs> it really felt like a bit of a nothing uh, monologue to me for some reason. Yeah. Although, right off the bat... Starting off season four, the monologue is germane to the episode.
1: Yeah, that's nice. But setting a, setting
0: a, setting a, setting a trend from here on in, roughly. But is it truly that relevant to the
1: episode? Well, I it guess is. I guess no one. I guess yeah, Kramer moved to a new city. Yeah, but he did that in the last episode. Yeah, but yeah, we're but talking it's still, about it. We're leading us it's into a, it. It's yeah, it's still a fallout from that decision. A little left yeah. you. I mean, compared to the average monologue, it is quite related to the episode. Yeah. Won't Fair you give enough. us that, Cameron? Fair enough. But yeah, it's, it's kind of just a, it's but an it okay monologue. Unremarkable. And so the episode, it starts in the coffee shop. George and Jerry enter. And George is busting because Kramer was on Murphy Brown. Murphy Brown, the TV show. Candace and Bergen. This indicates keep in mind that there's been literally like a day between the end of season 3 and the beginning of season 4 yeah not taking advantage of the, the time between box. the seasons you know like a madman or like a I got
0: unengaged sort yeah. of thing are we talking about Seinfeld season mm-hmm. 8 mm-hmm. Episode one? yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. Save it for save it for what's the deal episode number <laughs> <laughs> Save it for twenty fifteen, Chris. <laughs> um so uh, at Monks, uh not too much time has passed. Uh Jerry and George inside the diner. They're talking about uh Kramer on Murphy Brown and
1: their disbelief, and uh Jerry offers George a free trip to uh LA, to La La Land. Yeah, George is pretty excited, but immediately he starts piling on, like, conditions, like are accommodations paid for? Does he get a meal allowance? Whole thing. Jerry seems to regret inviting George right away. He has his hands in his face. I mean, his face in his hands. I
0: I like how at the beginning, George is kind of putting uh, all this on Jerry, but then he just kind of starts having a conversation with himself about his mental checklist of all the things that he has to do. I gotta get a haircut. Yeah. Also... Before that, though, George asks whether or not Candace Bergen shows her breasts in the film, the Mike Nichols, Jack Nicholson film, Carnal Knowledge. Mm. Paul Simon's in there, too. I mean, with a title like that. She doesn't. With a title like that, though. What's that?
1: With a title like that. Good.
0: I know. I know. I mean, there's a lot of sex in that movie. She does She does have sex in that movie, but it's 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 more or less off-screen. Mm. It's... Jerry says she's not really a breasts kind of actress. So I don't know what that meant, but... She's not flaunting him. No. She's good-looking, though. And she's Margaret got- shows her
1: boobs in the movie, so there's that. Mm. The more you know... Um, yeah, and so that's pretty much that scene. Basically, they just want to establish they're going to L.A. And, you know, Jerry mentions that it'll be exciting because maybe they can track down Kramer.
0: Yeah. Well, they also established that George would like to go on the backdraft ride.
1: That's true. (laughs) Did
0: you ever go on the backdraft ride?
1: No. I've never been to any kind of theme park.
0: Chris, backdraft? Never been to Universal Studios. Oh, man. You've been to any kind of theme park, Patrick?
1: No. I mean, does West Edmonton Mall count? Is the theme there that it's in a mall?
0: Let me tell you about this it's, backdraft it's, ride. It's, it's the gap. The ride.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyhow, seriously though, the backdraft exhibit, it's awesome. There you guys are, there's lots of fire. Uh, yeah. It's really great actually. When, when I went, I was much younger. I was maybe like 14, maybe 15 years old. <laughs> Oh my god. No, sorry. Keep going. And so Sick. you watch this thing where there's this voiceover and you all stand around the center. There's this pedestal that kind of, like, pushes flame out of it. And every it's like this voice, you know. You have to respect the fire. Fire is a primal force of nature that cannot be easily controlled. And then you go into this other room. Everyone shuffles in and you all stand on this platform. And it's like a fake warehouse. And then they just have controlled fire and explosions all over it. It's crazy. It gets super hot. That
1: and then sounds very, it's terrifying.
0: It is. It's pretty scary. Uh I was as a child, I don't think I had an appreciation for how scary it probably was. I was just like, this is great. Um but my mom who was with us was freaked out. And then right at the end, there's this huge explosion and it like rocks the platform you stand on. The whole platform kind of like jumps a little bit. And her maternal instincts kick in and she reaches out and grabs my sister and I like by the back of our like hoodies or whatever we're wearing kind of like pulls us towards her you know to to save our lives um and the interesting part about the story is that my sister and I were standing like nowhere near my mother and she just reached out and grabbed two strangers (laughs) like two (laughs) other children uh we were escorted off the premises were you really? no oh <laughs> I don't know. You're grabbing other people's kids in the middle to of save the fire. their lives, Chris. To save their <laughs> lives, they almost died on that ride. Now, how does it work? Is there like a glass between you and the fire? Nope. Huh? That sounds
1: terrifying.
0: That sounds unsafe.
1: I can't believe uh, George wants to go on that. He seems more like a coward.
0: Well, I think George would be like my mom, who probably regretted it. Mm.
1: I guess it is on a ride, and it's it must be safe. Are you in, like, a seat that you can't get out? No, you're standing.
0: What? I don't understand. How you. How are you just standing? in this ride,
1: this ride just sounds like you go into it's a not, building and they set that on fire. They yeah. do.
0: It's not a ride. It's an exhibit. Well, uh, whatever. Well, it sounds like they... It sounds like you're in a barbecue, is what it sounds like. Now let me tell you about Jurassic Park, the ride. Yeah, yeah this, you're, this... I know that one. I rode that one on the internet.
1: Um... So speaking of LA, Kramer's in LA, uh, we open on a shot of like, it's like the, like back of uh, a set. Kramer's given some kind of lecture. People are pretty excited. They're, they're wrapped up in a story. looks like Kramer's a real success.
0: Well, and he's got quite a wild uh, acting method. You see, he Mm -hmm. acts by colors now. Which is honestly such an amazing Kramer idea. It almost seems like something you'd hear at some sort of, like, I don't know, hippie acting class. Mm -hmm. Channel the power of a color. Highlight a phrase in a color. Um,
1: Turns out Kramer's uh, unwelcome there, eh? He is. uh, The security guard comes in. Thought he had already kicked him out. He's kicked out. And Kramer, for some reason, when he's leaving the lot, he's in his convertible and he just bursts through the, um, what's that called? The little barrier.
0: Yeah. Like he's the, leaving. Uh, arm, he doesn't the need The security to do that. gate arm.
1: Yeah. He doesn't need to do that. You just ask him to open it up.
0: Uh, you know, why bother? Why not just smash right through it? Yeah. So would you say that Kramer right now is weirder than ever or normal?
1: Well, same. I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's there's some evidence that he's weirder than ever. The whole I mean we'll get to it in a second, but when he talks to um to Fred Savage, it's it's pretty weird.
0: Uh yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, although the dialogue is hilarious, I must admit. Yeah. The dialogue is so funny in that scene.
1: But, you know, as crazy as uh, Kramer is, there's someone even more crazy that weirds Kramer out. Uh, like, in the next shot, Kramer's in his, like, kooky L.A. apartment where they are, like, opera singers. This woman, I couldn't hear if it was Helena or Elena, but uh, she, she's an out-of-work actor. She's been out of work for 50 years. Since
0: 1938 or something like that.
1: And she's got stories about the saddest three studios ever. <laughs> and she was engaged to Mickey Rooney, apparently.
0: My only notes about this scene is that woman's face is all wrong.
1: Uh, I mean, she's got a lot of crazy makeup on, which I think contributes to it. It's all wrong. Super bright red lipstick, lots of eye makeup. It's a little upsetting. It's clown uh, makeup.
0: It's, it's terrifying, I have to admit. And this lady is, like, actively fighting all of Kramer's crazy. Kramer seems yeah. completely sane and normal relative to this woman in this scene. She's, yeah. like, she's like Rosemary's baby or something.
1: Yeah, she even does that thing where Kramer wants to leave and she won't stop telling the stories, even though he obviously wants to leave and he's uncomfortable. She keeps going.
0: Yeah, um, although at the same time it felt uncomfortably odd for me at sometimes,
1: almost like she had dementia or something. I mean, she could, she's clearly out of her mind. You know,
0: that episode of the Three Stooges definitely happened
1: with the baby killing and such. Uh huh, baby dies and they all go to jail and, and they are executed. It's dark, it was a dark episode. Sappy Pappy, yeah.
0: I love in her recounting of the story, she claims that Mo hits Curly with an axe. <laughs>
1: yeah uh like he apparently weird. doesn't die from that though, because he has to go to jail and that's it. He bleeds out in jail. <laughs> they save him to execute him. Uh yeah, it's a whole weird thing. Let's keep going. But I don't know. Kramer seems Kramer he's no Helena, but he is he is clearly crazier than ever.
0: I don't know if I buy that, but okay we can yeah, so, uh, I can agree and disagree on that, but I think he's just—I just think he's the same. Did you guys think it was odd that he has a payphone in like the foyer of his apartment building? Was that common?
1: I think in really low rent apartments where people aren't likely to have their own phone,
0: it's amazing. i, I never would have considered that a possibility. Yeah.
1: It's 1993, Cameron. <laughs> it's a different era. Twenty years ago. Um. So uh in Jerry's apartment back in New York, George comes in. He's got three bags. He's he's ready for this trip. Uh he also
0: has like some sort of flannelish looking baseball hat.
1: Yeah, you know, I took a note about this. That kind of hat is actually in style right now. It is? Everything about yeah. nineteen ninety three is in style right like, now. Yeah, like you'll see like, you know, You'll see like cool kids wearing that kind of hat.
0: Like yep, a textured hat? hat.
1: Yeah, like a, yep. like a hat with like a pattern like that. Yeah. Almost that same hat. I mean, I'm around teenagers all the time. I don't see them wearing that hat. Maybe not a yeah, teenager. Maybe someone in their are, like, like cool. mid-20s. Hey, someone I in their mid-20s. I saw them, Cameron. They're not cool.
0: Hat. Patrick, you're in your mid-20s. So I'm never seeing you wear that hat.
1: I'm not. They're cool as so those kids.
0: I'm in that clad. I mean, I'm wearing that hat right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Chris,
0: you're in your late 20s. Don't tell anybody that. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, it's actually... It is in style right now. Um, so it's weird. But we learned that the reason George has so many clothes is he dresses based on mood. Uh,
0: which I think is hilarious because I, I I like the way that he names his, uh, his clothes or his different outfits. Uh, I actually experimented with trying to name my outfits once uh it's not as satisfying as that because honestly after i heard morning mist i felt like nothing could
1: compare mm-hmm. well and, and, and people don't ever ask you what the name of your outfit is so there's not an opportunity to, to talk about it right you just have to offer that information up and then it seems kind of like an affectation
0: well i think it's 100 percent just an affectation Don't don't you think George's thing is just an affectation?
1: I don't think he dresses based on mood at all. I think he's just trying to figure out how to defend himself. Did you? I think
0: everything George does is an affectation.
1: Morning mist. Yeah. <laughs> um so then there's a cut and we see some detectives. They're kind of like stereotypical cops. Are Tough they? Cops.
0: I thought they kind of reminded me like they're in blue velvet or something.
1: Well, I mean, like movie cops, like totally, like not what a real cop would be like, but like a fantasy cop.
0: Patrick, you and your you and your fantasy cop talk.
1: Fantasy cop. Um, but anyway, they're investigating a murder in L.A., and that's just kind of it. They just kind of establish there's a murder, and cops are trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, uh, I actually really like how goofy these cops are. I think that there's something kind of... Uh, uh, I, I don't even know. It's like... Like I said, it reminds me of something out of Blue Velvet. I don't know why. But I, I, get, I really like these two guys. It's, I get it's the, like a whole LA Confidential thing. Like yeah. Years before LA Confidential came out. So yeah, imp- Blue Velvet would be the right, the right reference. I get camera. the
1: impression that Larry David wrote all of this dialogue.
0: Uh, I could believe that. I could see that happening. Like Absolutely. you know
1: that 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 scene in Curb Your Enthusiasm where Larry David's in a Martin Scorsese movie, that has like the same kind of dialogue.
0: Oh, when he's trying on all the all the clothes?
1: Yeah, and he like in the scene he has like the mustache and stuff and he's yelling at people. Same kind of thing. Um so next we see Jerry and George continue on their trip. They're in the airport. And uh, Jerry's making fun of a guy going through security really carefully.
0: Now, I can't believe it's like four seasons in. It's like the first black guy ever on the show. And they're calling well, him a
1: thief. What about Sid? He was the guy that parked the cars.
0: Yeah, okay, so Sid. But <sighs> other than that, it's like black guy, look at him. Must be hiding something. Must be a, Must be a cat burglar.
1: I feel like they're not saying he's a cat burglar. They're saying he's going through like a cat burglar.
0: Oh, yeah. It's called profiling, Patrick.
1: (laughs) Are you guys ever nervous when you go through the security in an airport that you accidentally have a knife or something?
0: Uh, uh, Patrick, newsflash, we're all white. (laughs) Here's my box cutter. Give it back to me at the end. (laughs)
1: I don't know. I'm always nervous that I'm accidentally going to have... like I have never held a real gun in my hand. I'm always worried I'm going to accidentally have a gun in my pocket. That's a strange fear. Yep, it is definitely, but I'm always nervous about it. I'm always nervous going through airport security.
0: I mean, I'm often nervous uh, going through airport security that for some reason something's like, going to be set off and there's going to be some sort of problem. But I can't say that I've ever once been worried that I might accidentally have a gun.
1: No. Okay, what if you accidentally have a bomb? I guess same,
0: that would be a problem. Same thing.
1: What if you accidentally handled a bomb earlier in the day, and so you have the residue in your hands, and when they do that swab test, you test positive, you're going right to the clink.
0: I mean, with the way prism works, we're in trouble right now with the way you're talking, Patrick. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I, once. First had... of all, this makes no sense. Secondly, <laughs> the only thing I'm ever concerned about... Going through that airport thing is—I'm not gonna lie—I've got big feet. They—they they get hot and sweaty in those shoes. I'm—I'm—I know everyone's taking their shoes off. I'm afraid someone's gonna—I got my my feet don't smell good. I'm just gonna say it: my feet smell bad, and you can smell it. I—I I can smell it when I'm standing. So you know, six foot something up, you can smell it. I'm worried someone that some poor
1: airport person worker. This is gonna be like, oh my god! Why? I mean that—that that can't be the worst part of their job. Their job is really bad. I think that might be one of the worst parts. <sighs> I don't know. One time when I was Smelly going through, fate? It, one time when I was going through airport security, um, I got like stopped and they had to check my bag and pull out everything individually. And it was at the end of a trip, so all of my clothes were dirty, and so this poor guy had to pull out all of my clothes, and it was like it had been unseasonably warm. So like they were all kind of sweaty. So he I'm had to pull all these clothes out. He was very professional. He had a big mustache. He didn't make a flinch at all. But I was nervous that I accidentally had a bomb in there or a gun in your shoes. Yeah, you know what it was? It was a microphone because I was going to record this show while I was uh, on a trip.
0: That's profiling.
1: Yeah. Um, Guy guys hates with programmers. Yeah. <laughs> So we're back.
0: Uh, Thank you, John. What I thought was kind of so, crazy in this scene is that he actually like is openly kind of like mocking of the TSA agents here. I mean, he's lucky that it's
1: uh, the early '90s here. Yeah, ten years later, that would uh, he would have ended up in the clink. And you know, it's funny because what happens to George? That's the thing I was talking about. Like the guys, like, do you have a knife in here, sir? He doesn't have a knife. He has moisturizer got to keep that skin supple.
0: I like how there is like supposed to be a degree of shame with George like moisturizing. Mhm. I mean, talk talk to the the modern man. You got to you got to moisturize.
1: I don't moisturize.
0: Yeah, well that's why you've got incredibly haggard skin, Patrick.
1: It's true. My girlfriend always tells me I'm going to have really bad wrinkles if I don't uh moisturize. So, so get wrinkles. Start- I don't know. It just seems like another thing. I don't. I don't. I already brushed my teeth, wash my face. That seems like enough.
0: Well, you've you've really set the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, I'm, I'm already brushing my teeth. What, what do you want from me, Cameron? Didn't you see that Real Dove Beauty ad where Patrick came in and mm-hmm. he's like, "Describe yourself," and mm-hmm. then Patrick is like, "Oh." Got really haggard skin and stuff, and got all these sores because I don't bathe. And then you can't see it, but then the next time the drawer asks Emily, she's like, Describe Patrick. And she's like, He's got a lot of wrinkles, and his skin's not good, and he needs to bathe. Hmm. I don't My think picture... I get
1: this reference. My picture. <laughs>
0: Did you see that commercial? It was all over the internet. Where someone says Patrick's got bad skin? No, but like that.
1: Someone comes in and they describe themselves. They describe a really ugly version of themselves. Yeah. And someone else describes them. It's a very beautiful version of themselves. The version I would describe would look like Don Wrinkles. Don Wrinkles. Don Wrinkles. Don Wrinkles. (laughs) (laughs) Um.
0: Biggest (laughs) laugh of this show so far, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Cameron said, or Patrick said, Don Wrinkles. I, I attempted to make a joke for like two minutes straight. All he had to do was say, Don Wrinkles. <laughs> Drops the mic and leaves. I mean, um, it, it was <laughs> hilarious. Don Wrinkles. Don Wrinkles. So, who does it the mon- think he is, is Don Wrinkles? Oof. I
1: There's mean, mon-
0: his, his name is Wrinkles. It sounds like Wrinkles, and he has wrinkles.
1: I'm not going to lie, I've been saving that one. It works on so many levels. Um. <laughs> So there's a monologue break, and Jerry, he's got some airport humor, uh, which I feel like comedians often have a lot of because they have to fly to a lot of gigs. But I feel like not that many people are flying that often. But he talks about how people on the carts in the airport, they're like royalty, always beeping around. But aren't the people in carts, aren't they always like some flight attendant carting around like a disabled person?
0: Uh, I don't think so i mean they are they're usually someone working but i think very often it is uh like someone who's late for a flight and they need to get them down to the gate as soon as possible
1: i don't feel like those carts are going that much faster than i could run in the airport
0: well we're not all as fast as you braggart (laughs) wouldn't it be great if in a movie like when like the guy has to like stop the girl from getting on the the, the, the the plane to tell her he loves her and stuff like that. And usually they'd be, like, the dramatic, like, running through the airport scene. And he just, like, can, can you just give me a ride, man? Can you just, can we just sit here? And then it just cuts to him just, like, bombing down the airport, like, maybe checking Twitter or something on his phone.
1: I feel like you're writing a script right now. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I felt like you were very impressed with this idea is happening. It's like... I shouldn't be saying this out loud.
1: This is gold. This is going to end up on the next season of Big Bang Theory. You know what? If
0: this ends up anywhere, I'm suing Mike Seeps. (laughs) Why Mikey Seeps?
1: I knew it was you, Mikey Seeps. He didn't do anything. He did. He leaked my idea. I mean, we're putting it on a podcast for free on the internet. Anyone can listen to it.
0: But only like two people do. (laughs) Um, I mean that is a is not not true. <laughs> we we have lots of listeners. We got Mikey Siebes, We got John Grady. We've got Patrick's mom, Felix. I in, in Netherlands. You thought you talked about or Sweden or whatever.
1: Hmm. That's Sweden.
0: Yeah. No one's ripping me off in Sweden. They're too afraid.
1: <laughs> um. So then we're back in Hollywood. There's like a real like hollywoody casting office that kramer's in he goes in for an audition and his heads he's gonna do all the auditions you got your horror movie you got your music video you got your infomercial and there's a pretty good montage well he he does them all yeah
0: he's a man of many talents and he's like i'm just done going for it
1: I think my favorite was the infomercial where he's trying to drink this green juice and he's just barely choking it down. Did you notice the second time the other guy lost it and had to just dart off screen? Yeah. I mean, Um, how many takes of that do you think they did? They probably did like 10. It's probably pretty funny.
0: I really uh, liked Kramer as the uh, fitness guy. (laughs) I really liked his high kicks.
1: Yeah, that was good. Uh, It was all great. He's
0: got a great pickup line for the woman who's in the horror movie with him. He has a like amazing pickup line. You scream good. Oof. Devastating. It works though. She loves it. That game. See, after Chris watched that, he's like, Man, I gotta use that line. That's gonna be so. I have sweet. to find some way of using that. You know, just jump out at women and scare them in dark alleys and then once they're terrified of me, before they get the pepper spray out I'll be like, You scream good, baby. I like I how like, you had feel, to ad live in the baby to make it worse.
1: I feel like this podcast is going to be admitted to evidence somewhere at some point. Can I just say
0: something about Good Scream Girl? You're right. I will testify against
1: Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, as your counselor, I feel like you should not say anything more.
0: I'm just going to say you've done good, Kramer. At least you, you, you're on the path to do good until you see Wonder Years or something. What the hell happened there? But, I mean, clearly the women in Hollywood—they got—they got something going on over the women in Hollywood, New York, where everyone else in Seinfeld's from. I mean, it's, the judicious editing machine is in full swing. What are you talking about? I haven't said anything offensive yet. We can't just always be, you know, having having the Chris breaks where Chris Chris judges women. <laughs> What
1: do you mean? I mean, it is a big part of the show. It's a big part of our appeal. Um, I don't know if appeal is the word. <laughs> um, so they're out at lunch, Kramer and this woman. She's, she's pretty into Kramer, but Kramer's has, starstruck. But, but, but before that, she has this whole idea. For a miniseries that she the gets... worst,
0: The worst miniseries of all time. Are you uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Why don't you describe the miniseries, Chris, since you like it?
0: Well, she wants to do a miniseries with her as Ava Braun. Mm-hmm. It's her and Hitler mm-hmm. exploring their sexual relationship and mm-hmm. the sort of uh, fashion trends
1: of... World War II era bunkers. And Mm. you know, it sounds great. I'll buy it. I'm great in lighting this. Maybe watch it. Put on A and E. Yeah. Lifetime,
0: (laughs) maybe. Seems like a lifetime movie. Yeah.
1: History Channel? Yeah, History
0: Channel, yeah. I was actually shocked at how offensive the idea for this show
1: was. Uh yeah, it's pretty it's pretty bad. Talking about Um, so yeah, the, this idea is bad. Kramer, I can't even tell if he's paying attention. He just came, seems kind of startled by this. He seems preoccupied with his film treatment, um, which is, seems, it's called The Keys, just seems to be describing this, uh, incident from the previous episode. Yeah. Um, what,
0: what incident would that be?
1: The, the whole problem where Jerry took the keys away from Kramer.
0: Oh, No, I knew exactly what you're talking about.
1: Um, And so Kramer sees Fred Savage. He'd be perfect for the movie. And he proceeds to be the craziest person ever and scares Fred Savage out of the coffee shop.
0: Well, and can you blame Fred Savage?
1: Cameron. Cameron's not crazy. He's just a regular guy. (laughs) Just like you.
0: (laughs) Oh, did I frighten you? I'm not crazy. I mean, I may look weird, but I'm just like you. Just trying just to make a it in this guy. Business. <laughs> I also like how he can't remember what the name of it is that, uh, <laughs> that Fred Savage has done. I don't have anything to say about the cast of The Wonder Years.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kramer basically just, he scared Fred Savage how away. how they look today. He scared Fred Savage away. And uh, that's just kind of the scene. That's it. His big chance. He blew it.
0: Well, he seems and, very happy with himself after the conversation's over. Well,
1: I mean, I guess, yeah, he gave him the, uh, he gave him the treatment. He thinks it's going to work out. This woman is not impressed, though. She's not impressed with Fred Savage. No. Um, well, and
0: why, why would she be? I mean, she's got a miniseries about her and Hitler, Hitler and Eva Braun. I mean... She's her own. She's her own big deal, right, Chris? That's nothing on Little Monsters,
1: okay? Um, so called Little Monsters. So uh, next we're in. That's nothing
0: on the Wizard.
1: Next we're in Jerry and George's hotel, huh? And uh, we meet. (sighs) We have a pretty (laughs) fate. we got a pretty famous <laughs> scene Super here. Super
0: Mario Brothers 3!
1: <laughs> I love the Power Glove.
0: <laughs> it's so bad. California!
1: So, we're in the hotel with Jerry and George. And uh, George is pretty excited about the hotel in general. Especially the body lotion in the, hotel, in the uh, thing. And then we meet a minor character... Whose ethnicity I find very confusing due to her accent and name. And uh George gives her some instructions. Now, does is this a convincing Hispanic accent to you guys?
0: Is that what that was supposed
1: to be? Well her name is Lupe.
0: Yeah, I can't believe George didn't try and sleep with this woman. This seems like exactly the kind of woman that George tries to sleep with. Isn't the isn't isn't the, the janitor Woman that he sleeps with on the table of his desk named Lupe. Uh,
1: I don't remember. She's
0: she's Portuguese. Oh wait, that no that no woman. she's oh. isn't
1: she from Panama?
0: I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm thinking of uh, in the abstinence episode. Portuguese. I'm thinking of Kashmir girl.
1: Yeah, yeah, I thought that was from Panama.
0: Regardless, or somewhere
1: in South America.
0: It seems like the kind of it, this seems like exactly the kind of woman George would try and hit on.
1: Well, it does. But he's this so is... concerned with the no tuck, you know, he's got no time to hit on her. Maybe this is him hitting on her.
0: This is the perfect opportunity to uh, let let me throw this question at you, Chris. Hmm. Yeah. What's the better Fred Savage movie? Princess Bride or Little Monsters? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Princess Bride, given that Little Monsters is really bad. I have seen it, by the way. It's true that uh, he goes to, like, Monster Kingdom and uh, the monsters are under his bed. It's kind of like a crappy Monsters,
1: Inc. If, uh, you know, they brought the little girl or something with them. So it sounds like the Princess Bride is the better Fred Savage movie. Absolutely. We're not even
0: talking about the wizard, so I
1: don't even know what we're this conversation.
0: Well, cause, but he's also in that Judge Reinhold movie where Judge Reinhold and Fred Savage swap places. You're thinking of Judge Dredd. Oh, what movie is that? Vice versa. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh my god, the '80s were the best. <laughs> so now that I've completely derailed this, let me ask you right now, Patrick. Do you want the tuck or do you want the no tuck?
1: Oh, I'll I'll have the tuck. I guess. I mean, I'll just take whatever the hotel's doing.
0: Okay, but if they offered you a choice, no problem. I, no one's going to. How spit are you in sleeping? How are you sleeping in that bed?
1: I'd take a tuck.
0: You go tuck. Yeah. Why do you, Why are you going tuck?
1: I don't know, because the sheets at the bottom of the bed, are out of the way, my feet don't get tangled if it's tucked. And if I feel really restrained, I can just untuck it. Just kick the sheet. You got it untucked. Mm-hmm.
0: Chris? I am a 100% no-tucker. Can't handle the tuck. I, I've never slept a night in my life. No matter... What bed I'm in with, with sheets tucked in. Can't do it. Even if it's just on my side, you know? Can't do it. I also don't like having multiple layers of, 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 of carpet. So, do you even have the sheet on your bed? No. No, I don't. So, you're, you're a no-sheet sort of guy. I'm a no-sheets, just the duvet, untucked all the way. Well, I guess hm. that makes me the tiebreaker. What do you got, Cameron? Cameron. On us. You got to tuck. Ugh. You yes. must tuck. you must tuck now I'm with Patrick my thing is that you know with the no tuck it's at the the bottom your feet get all tangled or it's like kind of like I I hate it if the fitted if like the sheet is like halfway up my shins and my feet are out I don't don't like that so just kind of tuck and you can loosen as required I need all I need I need need to be living free John Grady I'm going to need you to backed me up on twitter or something what about felix no i don't care um well there's no i feel like there's no situation in the world where i might share a bed with felix whereas you know being john grady same city some sort of uh planes trains and automobiles type situation going on might happen
1: (laughs) gotta know these things so who are Are you you john candy you john candy In this, I don't want to answer that. Okay, you don't want to answer. Okay, Uh,
0: I might be John Candy. I'm not gonna lie. I might be John Candy. John Grady has like, you know, he has like a condo and a and a car,
1: whereas Mm -hmm. you know, and he has a Steve Martin-esque physique.
0: Well, I don't know about that, but. I feel like the car stands in for the family
1: in this situation.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a he's got a car to get home to. I got nothing. Yeah. I got I got the bus. So I'm I'm yeah, I'm John Candy. Yeah. But that does mean you're in home alone. That's true. But that also means I'm in home alone. In a polka band. <sighs>
1: What's Our your problem with home alone? Our fans are. Home alone. Home fine. <laughs> They love this diversion.
0: What? We're still talking about Seinfeld. Did you know that that John Hughes also wrote all three of the Vacation films? I did. I just found that out today. And he also wrote a ton of stuff into the 90s under another, another name. Most of it was not very good. He stopped directing after like 91 or something. Hello and welcome to What's the Deal? The um, only Seinfeld review podcast where I do this joke every week. So they I settled. I mean, he wrote Drillbit Taylor. I know. So, and Made in Manhattan. And like, I think Baby's Day Out. Wait, he wrote Home Alone Three and yeah. Flubber.
1: I know. He's gotta work.
0: No, That's, he doesn't. I don't think so.
1: I think he he's wants doing to the work.
0: Sponge, the residuals from Uncle Buck. Uh. <laughs>
1: So, all the times it airs on TBS, right? Yeah. Um, So, they settle it. They got one tuck. They got one no tuck. And... Oh, Jerry's on my side. I just realized that's great. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, Jerry's
0: not on your side. George is on your side. Yes.
1: Oh, God, you're right. I wasn't really paying attention. Uh. So, we cut to the cops. And there's a reveal. We discover that the dead woman... Is that blonde woman that Cameron had the date The coffee shop with Not only that She has a picture of Kramer His headshot uh, There's also a really weird scene Where the detective wants to Bust this other like, Regular cop Down to traffic because he said He found this on her person yeah, I'm not sure about this he's, part He's mad for no reason uh, he doesn't like the phrase on her person because he just said it's cop lingo. And yeah,
0: but it's, it's not funny cop though. lingo. That's what I don't understand. That is not cop lingo. No, it's, it's not. It's just, it's English. English. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, yeah. Uh, and then, so we cut to the green room or like backstage at the tonight show. Jerry has to go get ready. And unfortunately, George is left alone And he meets Colin Bernson From LA Law I think it's Corbin Corbin Burnson. Corbin? Corbin What it Colin? It's Corbin Okay Corbin Bernson From LA Law I've never seen LA Law This guy is not famous anymore Uh and Anyway George has a case For LA Law And it is As bad As that woman's idea For a miniseries was This is for an episode Of LA Law Oh, no, this is much worse. (laughs) I mean, George just kills this woman's cat because he forgets he's supposed to feed it. And he doesn't want to pay for a I cat. No, no, it's just an anecdote he has. Because this would have been a good episode. Well, there's an episode where Elaine ruins, like, turns the power off to stop an alarm and it stops the automatic cat feed and the cat goes hungry. She has to feed it from sliced meat remember that one yeah. that's
0: season nine episode maybe one the slicer might be episode one yeah. of season nine Something to it.
1: um anyway george is we can all agree that george is clearly in the wrong here and this is a terrible idea yeah uh, absolutely um,
0: although he is like incensed he gets so furious as he's telling the story he starts so hmm. uh, jovial like i've got a great idea for a show and then five seconds later he's like and she wants me to buy a new cat <laughs> My favorite part is that <laughs> he's referring to it like a blender, where <laughs> like you know, that blender was at the end of its life, and now she wants like a new blender. Uh, it is amazing that he somehow tried to say if he had to buy her a new cat, that he should buy her a cat
1: that's <laughs> like cat. as old. <laughs> mm-hmm. He doesn't want her trying to rip him off.
0: Well, come on, it's not a it's not a cat lottery. It's not a cat windfall. All of a sudden.
1: Hmm. Anyway, uh, so George kind of blows it with this guy, and then we see George talk to Norm from Cheers. Uh, you guys watch Cheers, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I also listen to our other podcast, Cheers Cast.
1: Oh, I can't believe you beat me to the Cheers Cast. And so,
0: joke. I guess George that's says, your recurring joke. Although I did should... that one. Ah, never mind.
1: George says they should take the show. That every episode it's in the bar, take it out of the bar.
0: And Pretty bad idea.
1: Now it's let me. Not a good idea.
0: So aside from going to one person's place of business and their home, if you had to move Cheers somewhere,
1: where would you where would you move it to? I would move it to Seattle. Oh,
0: I can't believe you beat me
1: to that. Jesus. Christ. <laughs> <sighs> Ah. It's fine. It's fine. Um. Yeah. So anyway, terrible idea. George has set himself up to be made fun of because he has terrible ideas, and he's he's really proud of these conversations he had. He is. He tells Jerry about them. He says he was eloquent. He
0: well, he was. It's not like he wasn't. It's not like he was inarticulate.
1: He was not inarticulate, but he. I don't know that I would say he was eloquent. Uh, He spoke like a normal person He had an average Conversational ability Yes He was Um, able
0: to You know dispense his terrible Ideas at roughly A 7th grade level mm -hmm. Well don't forget Um, that he had
1: Toilet paper on his uh, shoe 6th grade level (laughs) So (laughs) uh, There's another cut We're back to the cops they're at the station, and Helena is being interviewed. She talks about how sensual Kramer was.
0: It made me feel uncomfortable to see this woman again. Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> the Tonight Show, both Norm and Colin Bernson, they t- Colin, Corbin, Corbin Bernson, they talk about their encounter with George, how stupid he was. George is incensed.
0: Uh, it's pretty funny the way that George's emotions swing throughout this scene. He's so happy at first when he realizes they're about to talk about him, and then in about a half a second, you can see his hopes dashed.
1: Mm -hmm. I really love the shot of George in the audience with all the people there, like, enjoying the show and laughing, and George fuming. It's great. Yeah, I really like it.
0: Yeah, at the same time, I can kind of appreciate how that would be awful, right? Like, if you thought you had a great idea for something, and then you start talking about it, and then everyone just ridicules you, it, it, it cannot be good, especially in front of a national audience. I mean, I remember years ago, Chris's uh, younger brother claimed that he created the idea for the force field used by the Gungans in Star Wars Episode <laughs> One. <laughs> true he really did he was was so so upset so like indignant and yet he received no support whatsoever as everyone ridiculed him for this and i feel like that was just a microcosm of what george was experiencing there Mm -hmm. i mean
1: um
0: to be fair to tristan i believed in hoverboards until way too late and that got brought up at prom by one of the teachers so I feel George's pain and Tristan's pain it was really great uh, when I showed Chris that video clip where uh, what's his name the director of Back to the Future sh- you didn't show me that I thought I showed you on the DVDs nope. and then you nope. just screamed no from the bedroom no, I remember uh, specifically watching it by myself Tristan was asleep in the same room And I'm watching it, and it happens, and it's like it's dark where Tristan is. And Kirk Cameron, that little – he's like, oh, Robert Zemeckis was just joking. And my world collapses, and from the darkness, I just hear this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I've heard this story lots of times, but I just don't understand – if you thought hoverboards were real, why did you think you never saw them?
0: Because Robert because Zemeckis it was a said... perfectly reasonable <laughs> Chris watched this documentary which is you can see on the Back to the Future DVDs in which Robert Zemeckis in a completely straight face says that, you know, the hoverboards were real and the only reason why they hadn't come to market yet was because of concerned parent groups um and chris clung to this belief for ages and now i'm remembering what ended up happening i remember when i found out that chris thought hoverboards were real grade grade 12 and i remember talking to him when i found out about this we were having dinner and i was telling him about how you know the army had spent all this money trying to invest into uh hover tanks and that there was (laughs) no way that that technology existed but chris stood by it Chris would believe Robert Zemeckis in this interview. Stood by Robert Zemeckis. And then, in about two seconds, in the Back to the Future Three uh, fan question section, someone's like, "I heard that uh, I heard Robert Zemeckis say that hoverboards are real, but I can't find them anywhere. Is are they really real?" And then Kirk Cameron's just like, ha, 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 ha. No, "No, he was idiot. just joking." <laughs> and then that was the end of it. And Chris. I I just imagine the moment where Chris hears this. It's like that shot from Wrath of Khan, and Chris just like looks up like Kirk to the sky, Cameron, and just That's everything right. spinning around. But you you left out the worst parts. Is that this con- this 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 whole argument didn't just happen within the span of a day or so? Oh you no, know? And we were talking about it at school, and I brought in cuz originally like when the D- the DVDs came out with stupid Kirk Cameron but I had taped off Super Channel Back to the Future 2 with just the first quote unquote documentary and I brought it in to show you and Jeff and Dean that see hoverboards are real and that and that and the that, that said so and they thought oh Dave was there too and they thought I was ridiculous, and so did you. But to be fair, Cameron, you did at least, like you're like, well, he did say that, but you still didn't believe it for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and then it got brought up at prom by the gym teacher that I didn't even have, which means lots of people knew about this. That's why I didn't go to the 10-year, people. Jesus. <laughs>
1: Um, so in the next scene, (laughs) so yeah, there's another cut to the cops. (laughs) Oh, this show, there's another cut to the cops, and they're interviewing the crazy car, crazy guy that Kramer was in the van with. The guy who talks about if Kramer had ever killed a man, and uh, he quotes Kramer pretty well. I mean, it seems really incriminating though. Um, then we cut back to the Tonight Show, and Jerry bombs. Uh,
0: he bombs hard. He bombs really hard. Yeah, it's not good.
1: Yeah, I guess he had written, we forgot to mention this, in the scene with uh, Lupe, uh, She, he had written a joke on a crumpled up piece of napkin, and she threw it out. And this joke I guess jerry had wanted to use But he he just totally bombs It's, it's uncomfortable No one is laughing And George is just sitting there fuming Uh Yeah <laughs> It's uncomfortable Then we go back to the cops They want to pick up Kramer After the show Jerry's sad he bombed And they see on TV That Kramer is one for murder
0: He does kind of look like a killer In that headshot they're using
1: Yeah, absolutely Kind of looks like a killer I mean Kramer is crazy so he could be a killer You don't know Yeah Um All right. that's Yeah it. That's, that's pretty See much to, it Tune in next week for the thrilling conclusion Hoverboards uh, aren't real uh, <laughs> What do you guys think of this episode? Pretty good.
0: It was a little uneven, to be honest. I thought it's funny, but uh not a lot happens. The stuff with Kramer is so stopgap. Like honestly, it, I I find in Seinfeld the the moments that where the story isn't really working for me are moments like we have in this episode where we have kind of disjointed cuts of somebody else doing something without a lot of context and yeah i don't know like jerry like this whole episode is basically just an excuse to get jerry and george into la they really make so little effort to look for kramer there's one scene where jerry's on the phone with somebody and is having trouble uh describing kramer and that's it
1: the only reason they ever find him like they they do find him in the next episode it's because they see that he's wanted for murder they can just go to the police station yeah it's, so it... I think I think it's another case like the episode is too ambitious right like they kind of want to make it like a movie like this could be the Seinfeld movie uh, if they like you know flesh it out a bit but I don't think it I don't think it really works I
0: think there was a Family Ties movie where they did this and they like went somewhere and it was like the Family Ties movie because you know they filmed it on different film stock and it was like, they getting out of the place and they did it over a couple episodes and they were, they were on a plane I think they went to I forget where they went maybe Paris maybe Paris Alex
1: P. Keaton So you didn't like this episode Chris? I
0: thought it was pretty good oh, okay. Yeah I liked it it was funny for the most part.
1: All right, yeah. all right. That's that's that.
0: So right. um... let me direct your attention, gentlemen, all to right. let's, let's take what's the deal dot com, where you can check out okay. the picture, the show notes, the back episodes, and the always popular other business. And we we will briefly dip our toes into the other business pool this week. So, uh, let me introduce you to this week's other business. Let's see. I'm clicking on the link right now. So, uh, Virgin Airlines has started offering something. uh, So, specifically, uh, Virgin Australia. uh, Pet frequent flyer miles. Now, the more you travel with your pet, and please notice that their promotional image that they have is a picture of a dog... wearing a jacket being poured uh, Perrier to drink. So they have uh, something... (laughs) Uh, They they have something where you can collect all these points for it, and then they also detail some some other uh, pet sort of uh, rewards plans. So the Palazzo Versace on uh, Gold Coast offers the Palazzo Pooch Package, for VIPs or very important pooches, and in this situation, so they get uh, canine couture designer pet bed, Versace crystal food and water bowls, and your superior pet room will uh, provide the ultimate indulgent gateway in true Versace style. Can I just say that this this is what the end looks like, people? <laughs> And also it says, celebrity vet Dr. Chris Brown. Uh Chris Brown's not a vet. And they should keep him away <laughs> from from animals, all right? He has a temper
1: and he's a jerk. And I don't think he's smart enough to be a vet. <laughs> um okay, I've got a couple thoughts on this. First of all, I'm pretty sure all dogs hate being on airplanes. So I think you shouldn't try to fly them frequently. Okay, hey, frequent look at that firearms. picture of that dog
0: right there, Patrick, about to drink Perrier. And tell he's me, not he's, not an in he's, he's not on an airplane. He's not an airplane. He could be. He's on a. He's on a. He's on a polar bear. It looks like. Well, yeah, that's
1: uh, that's the polar bear lounge. And like, honestly, like <sighs> this this fancy hotel room. I don't think dogs care about the design of their dog bed. You know, I think they like that it's soft. That they like that it's soft and they can lay on it. This is just like this narcissism, I guess. It's awful. It. It's terrible. People with too much money. Who? Who? Yeah. Uh,
0: this is like, I mean, I'm not a fan of, you know, eugenics. But this would be a good way to just filter out the idiots in our population. Like, if you sign up for this service, it's actually just a trap. And then you go, it's right to, you know, soil and Green time for you and your dog. Well, according to uh, Dr. Chris Brown, uh. Uh, he thinks that, you know, it's important because pets are members of the family. And there's a thing down here where they point out that dogs no longer... Uh, dogs and cats, uh, no longer have names like Spot, Rover, and Scruffy. They're given human names, like Chloe, Max, or even Indulgent. Uh,
1: or even Indulgent. Moit or Coco. What does their name have to do with their needs?
0: Uh, well, I think, I think Dr. Chris Brown's <laughs> point that he's making is that people are viewing their pets as a true member of the family, so pets deserve to be included in uh, purchase plans.
1: Uh, Like, they ask their opinion? (laughs) I guess so. Do you think we should get a new TV or $1,000 worth of dog treats? Oh, gee, honey, I don't know. Why don't you shoot me in the head first, and then I'll say. (laughs) I don't know. Cameron, do you like this? Do you think this is a good idea? Yeah. I feel like you're defending it. How are Penny and Lucy Lucy flying from now on?
0: Well... In the words of Dr. Chris Brown, it's like I've waited my whole life for this one night. It's going to be me, you, and the dance floor. Because we've only got one night. Double your pleasure. Double your fun and dance. Yeah, then smack. <laughs> Do I think it's a good guy. idea? Uh, you know what? I don't think that the like Versace uh, getaways for your pets is a good idea. But you know what? I guess if you were flying and you like, had to pay to bring your dog, and you had air miles, and they offered you, like, air miles reward points, like, additional ones for your dog. I'm not really against that. Uh, I'm against, like, I I can't stand, though, like, extreme pet pampering. Like, we already compared to, like, our grandparents who, you know, like, the dog's hungry. Here, I didn't eat this, like, two bites of my pork chop. There's your dinner. Chew on this bone. You know, we're already more indulgent with our pets than that. It's all you're getting this week. (laughs) But uh, I get extremely irritated just when I see people, like, carrying small dogs in purses everywhere, or, uh, like, people who push their dogs around in baby carts and stuff like that. Uh, I I I think it's weird. I think we're actually going to evolve a dog with no legs. It's going to take a long time, (laughs) but we're working our way there, and it's going to be it's gonna be huge it could be a hover dog hey no those exist chris robert zemeckis told me all right i think we're done here (laughs) (laughs) oh boy all right so uh yeah you know let's just keep it short there uh this week so you know we we have our thoughts on pet reward points uh, for the record but patrick armstrong you're taking a, a glamorous trip this weekend are you taking any pets with you
1: no pets. Oh, it's a shame you can't uh, cash in on those points. Mm -mm. Well, I mean, I'm driving, so I don't know know, that you get frequent driver miles. That's cute.
0: Next week, (laughs) we'll be looking at Season 4, Episode 2, The Trip, Part 2, and in Part 2, Kramer is arrested when he is mistaken for the Smog Strangler. Uh, Jerry and George try to intervene and help uh, Kramer out. Kramer is ultimately released and decides to stay in los angeles but for how long also in the next episode elaine learns to knit oh wait no elaine is not the next episode who i think her name is uh ellen
1: uh oh jerry's old girlfriend right
0: yeah ellen ellen feiss Is this the end of the
1: episode? Have we reached the end?
0: I think uh, it's the end. Yeah. Let's button this up here. Oh my goodness. It's a good episode like this week. I think we might have
1: four people make it through the whole episode. That would be great. That'd be well, the four more than I've ever done it before.
0: <laughs> if you're one of those four people, why don't you head over to whatsthedealshow.com There you can check out all of the other shows that you've just been dying to hear the end of, all the show notes, all the other business, heck, even a picture or two, carefully created for you by Mr. Christopher Young. And while you're at it, why don't you get in contact with us through the social media? Felix, let us know about uh, the King of Sweden. Why is he the way he is? We need to know. How do we do that, Patrick?
1: Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. We tweet at WTD Show. Uh or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash WTD show, I think. Maybe what's the deal show? Type what's the deal into Facebook, it'll be there. Um or you can follow us on Tumblr. Do that too. Just go to what's the deal dot com.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. But uh you know what? Why stop there? You've already helped us so much. Uh, there's there's more you could do, isn't that right, Christopher? I mean there is other things that you can do besides what uh, what Patrick just said Um, you could uh, you can go to iTunes and I mean honestly you could just review our show (laughs) like we've only got one and it's from Cameron's girlfriend that's not true that is not true there's another one from John Grady
1: frequent co-host
0: it could be anyone yeah just just review our show man any of you mike seeps what the hell are you doing uh fritz or something in in netherlands come on five stars only five stars felix and what about kaushik yeah sure her too no uh patrick do you know that we have a listener in india now
1: kaushik yeah i listened to last episode
0: yeah, I know. That's that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, come on, you know, man.
0: While we only have two written reviews, we have a nine 5-star reviews for our show.
1: All right. That's pretty good.
0: Let's go, Kaushik. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, tuning in as always. We appreciate it. And so, I would like to offer to you a hearty thank you from Christopher Young. California, Patrick Armstrong from the Wizard.
1: <laughs> good
0: to be back, and myself, Cameron Wong. Thank you very much, and we will be with you again next week. That was a good one. That was a gooder. Can't can't wait to find the spare four hours to put this one together. Talking about there's like nothing to edit in this one. <laughs>
1: Just remove, you just need a filter to remove Chris's offensive comments.
0: I didn't say anything offensive today. Save so today. much
1: time. You definitely swore a few times. Yeah, that uh, doesn't count.
0: Well, and how... how... <laughs> no, you're right. That's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs>